Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It is so stinking easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not be disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever else is listening, welcome back to the program today. My guest is Sky Pratt who is my niece of, and this, I, I, I wanted to interview her. She is a transgender, has been going through the transition for approximately about a year. Is that correct, Sky? Uh, a little bit over a year, yeah. Okay. And I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, and I was really uncomfortable with talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because of my own just whatever weird issues about not understanding um, the transgender world at all. Um, so I hesitated for a long time and at the risk of, and I think, you know, when I sent you some of my notes, my show notes that I, uh, I'm, I don't know how to ask the right questions. I may be wrong on, on the pronoun thing. I don't understand a lot of this. So that's my whole purpose in having you on is just to get your story and just to understand. So I hope this doesn't ever come across as I'm saying, Hey, this is wrong. This is weird. Or, I don't understand. And that's not my purpose at all. So, because I know we're in such an overly sensitive world now, and even asking a question can sometimes send people into a tailspin and they'll start accusing you of being a hater because just you, just because you ask a question. And I don't, I don't ever want to come across that way. So, I just want to get that out there for everyone who's listening. So, I want to just talk to you about your experience with going through this process. So let's go, far, let's go again. I'm going to ask some questions and I, I don't know, it's going to be out of order, but we're just going to see where this goes. Looking back on your life, when did you start to notice that you didn't feel quote unquote normal, I guess, for lack of a better term, being um, a girl? Yeah, um, it definitely for me, um, I noticed it very early on in my childhood. I didn't really know how to address it or can I, can I stop just for one second? Yeah, of course. I wanted to just also, I didn't even, how rude of me. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Oh, this. sure. This yeah, not, of course. This is probably not very easy, but maybe it is. But, uh, oh, well, so no, I really appreciate you even you taking the time. So anyway, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're completely fine. Um, but yeah, I definitely started noticing it very early on in my childhood. I didn't really have something to put towards the emotions. So I wasn't really, I didn't really find what worked for me until I was introduced into a group of people who knew and who were there for me and like supported me and understood the term for it, which is transgender. 
What I what were your you said the emotions you were experiencing? What were those? Can you describe? Yeah. Um. So I really noticed on. It's very odd, but when I first noticed it early on in my childhood, I was still in elementary school, and it was. I like to laugh at it now because now that I look back on it, I realize that's what I was feeling. Um, is the term for it is gender dysphoria um, and body dysphoria. And unfortunately, I was cursed with not only body dys- dysphoria, but body dysmorphia, meaning I didn't like how I looked and I didn't like the what I was assigned at birth. And it was when I would play like house or husband and wife with my friends at school on the playground I, every time someone was like, all right, it's your turn to be the wife or it's your turn to be the sister. I was like, no, I don't, I don't really, that's not very comfortable for me. I want to be like the husband or I want to be like the brother. And I started noticing it getting more and more that way, progressing from just, oh, it's just a childhood thing. Like, you know, I'll grow out of it. But when I first started going to, like, when I first got to middle school is when I first started noticing that that disconnect from my body was having such an emotional impact that it shouldn't have. And I think the first time that I felt true gender euphoria was when I... When I I stole my older brother, Christian, I stole a pair of his basketball shorts because I was like, this was a time where we were going through a very rough time financially. So we didn't have laundry detergent. And I was like, I'll just steal Christian's clothes. And I put them on and I looked in the mirror and it was almost like, I want to say the feeling of it, the feeling of gender euphoria to me is it feels like I'm in a dark room and someone turns a light on or like a light bulb goes off over my head. I just feel like everything is a little bit more clear and I feel like me. And if I don't feel like me, I start to dissociate really badly from my own body. It feels like I'm watching myself like a movie and it still happens. I mean, I'm not fully transitioned obviously I still have like very feminine features I mean you can't see them now but (laughs) um I I still have very feminine features a very feminine voice a very feminine aura to me but there are ways that I have learned over the years that I can make myself feel gender euphoria in the littlest of ways whether it be I wear something different or I do something different with my hair. And it's definitely, I definitely did notice that early on in my life was that there was a certain disconnect, uh, I suppose to say. Um, And that disconnect just always stuck with me until I truly started figuring out who I was. So does that like this disconnect? So is that, mean like um you see you see see yourself what do you think it's like that's not me or that just feels gross what is it um 
so sometimes uh, disconnect can come in many different ways for um, especially trans males. Um, I don't know completely for trans females because I, I don't really have a lot of trans female friends, but definitely for trans males, it's very, you feel dirty all the time. You just, you, you never really like, like you always go and look for clothes that would fit you. Clothes are always baggy, um, just to hide curves and like lumps and such like that. So the disconnect for me is I start feeling like really itchy, like especially on like my forearms and my hands. Um, I'll feel really itchy because when you start testosterone, your body changes. I have not started testosterone myself, but I do plan to by the end of the year, um, which is very exciting for me because I finally have found the resources and the ways to go about that. And when you start testosterone, you start, um, you start thinning out in the face and in the hands, your appetite changes, your taste buds change completely. Like the littlest things change, your music tastes change, but the disconnect for me comes from the hands mostly because I, I, even though I played piano, I never got the graceful long uh, fingers of someone who played piano. Um, so my hands have always been like, we call them like they're nubby. My fingers are very nubby. (laughs) And so it was very, it's very much the hands and the forearms. I always like, I always feel very dirty. So I always feel like I have to be usually, uh, one shower in the evening, one in the morning, if I can fit it in one after work, I'll always feel like very dirty. Um, so I always try to keep up with a lot of skincare and such like that um, a disconnect when it comes to when I'm at work, we have to wear a certain uniform and it is very unhealthy to be in a binder for more than eight hours. And sometimes I work nine hour shifts, nine and a half hour shifts. And so what's a binder? Um, a binder is, uh, basically a compression tank top built specifically for trans men. And it compresses the chest to a point where it's nearly flat without crushing the ribs. Um, And binders are very important in the fact that they can make you feel that gender euphoria. And it helps a little bit with the dissociation and the feeling, the feeling like you're disconnected from your body. You look in the mirror and you see something completely different. Um, And so it can help flatten the chest and help you make, help you look in the mirror and see a little bit more of you. So Um, let me back up again, ask another question. So you are a trans male or female? That's where I don't under, help me understand that. um, Uh, Yes. So um, I am trans male. So I'm trans Trans meaning like you're trans and then whatever gender you're wanting to go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you'll also see it a lot of times abbreviated. So I would be FTM. So that's female to male. And then other people will be MTF male to female. So I am FTM. Um, and, uh, touching back on the disconnect, actually, uh, it's a lot of my disconnect personally comes from 
seeing myself in a mirror. And that also relates to a lot of other stuff mentally, like body dysmorphia, which is I look myself in the mirror and I don't really, I don't like who I am. I see my body and I don't like it. And it got to a point um, in middle school where I would start, when I would shower, I wouldn't look in the mirror. I would cover the mirror. I would wait till the mirror was fogged over to even like get undressed. And it, that disconnect got to such a bad point where I just, every time I looked in a mirror, I felt like I was going to burst into tears because I didn't feel like me. And it is not uncommon for not only, I do believe it happens more often in trans males. So people who are transitioning to be male, um, to look in the mirror and not understand or not like what they're seeing. And, um, I'm not saying the same doesn't happen for trans females, obviously, because their story is just as important as ours. Um, but again, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, but it definitely, it definitely can get to a point mentally where you can find yourself in a scary place. And that is why organizations are so important to me because I have been in that place where I don't know who I am to the point where it's scary and it can be very rough mentally. And I can't remember exactly what the numbers are, but it's so many trans people feel such a disconnect from their body that it can drive them to very mentally and physically harming things, um, which is very sad. Um, but it just, the numbers don't lie. It is very hard to be a trans person in today's day and age. Obviously better than it was a few years ago because people are a little bit more accepting now, but it definitely can be very scary to be a trans person in, or trans person, excuse me, um, nowadays, because there still are people that don't understand to a point where they don't want it, you know? Yeah, we're, like, we're naturally scared of what we don't understand. Exactly. And that's why I think that it's so important for trans people to have a space where they feel safe and not just trans people, but people from the LGBT plus community to have a safe space, um, which is why I wanted to come on today and advocate for us um, because it's it's nice to know that people can hear something like a podcast and sort of get a better understanding of where you're coming from. Well, yeah. Cause, and I was just telling someone the other day, I, I, you know, when like homosexuality, mm -hmm. I can totally get my head around. Yeah. Um, but transgender is something I just, that's, that's a struggle for me to understand. I just, cause and that's why I'm have that's why I have you here. Cause I want to know what, you know, where does this, does this start somewhere? Is there, does it just happen? Does you just, you know, yeah, and that way, or is there abuse that, that is there a psychological trauma that is, what is there a cause? I don't know. That's why I'm having you on. Cause I just don't know. Well, and it's funny that you mention it because <laughs> I had a lot 
of internalized transphobia. Um, and a lot of uh, people from the LGBT community do have a lot of internalized phobia about something that they are. Because again, we're scared of what we don't understand. Like afraid of yourself? I, uh, to Well, I was very not scared of myself, but very much internalized transphobia in the way of, I didn't understand what I was going through. So I thought that I was wrong. I thought that I was just being stupid or it was just a phase. I definitely thought that it just came from a lot of trauma. And as soon as I started looking into myself more and more, because being trans is a lot of self-realization. I, I don't, I personally don't believe that I was meant to be born female. I don't believe that I was meant to be assigned female at birth because I have two brothers. I'm the only assigned female at birth in my family. So I definitely believe that I was born wrong. And that can be the case for some trans people, but also the case can be that you just, you don't, it's, it's so odd because sometimes you wake up and you're just like, this isn't me. This isn't comfortable. What can I do to fix it? Oh, it's the gender because there is a very big difference between your sex and your gender because your sex is what you're assigned to at birth. It doesn't say gender on your birth certificate. It says sex and your gender is whatever you want it to be because here's where people get a little bit confused I think when I say gender is a social construct um your gender is whatever you want it to be when I first started thinking about transitioning I was gender queer which means queer being you don't really know um, so it's your gender, but you don't really know. Sometimes I felt like a girl. Some days I felt like a boy. Sometimes I felt like both. Sometimes I felt like neither. I didn't know. I was still figuring myself out. Were, that, were those so, just like random feelings and like one, like literally like one day I'm a girl the next day I'm a girl. I mean, was this yeah, just a yeah, constant yeah. mind shift? It was, it was definitely a constant mind battle with myself because one day I'd wake up and I'd be like, I don't want anyone to perceive me. Like that is what I want to be today. I don't want anyone to perceive me. Some days I'd wake up and I'd be like, I really, I really want to wear a skirt today. I really want to like wear a skirt today. And as I came to realize that I am a trans male, I dismissed those thoughts because it doesn't matter if I wear a skirt, I'm still a guy. I'm still a boy. I, it doesn't matter if I wear sl like slacks and a nice shirt I'm still a boy it doesn't matter if I wear makeup I'm still a boy because again gender is a social construct if I want to wear something that doesn't fit what my gender should be then I can I mean there's nobody stopping me so when you I've heard that phrase you know social construct what does that mean to you to me it means that gender itself was originally created to separate men from women. And I definitely think that as society grew and people started figuring out who they were, they realized 
gender was literally created by the government to separate us, to say, oh, you were born with this, so you have to sit still, look pretty. You were born like this, you go to work, you do the I thing, like that little that. song reference you just had there. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what, for what, why would the government, what, what would be the purpose of separating men and women like that? Okay, so it, in my mind, um, I'm a huge theater kid. So I've read many a tale about the women are not allowed to learn. They're not allowed to read. They're not allowed to do this, this, and that. My personal belief, and you can laugh if you want to, my personal belief is that they, the men in charge, and I'm saying this with full confidence out there, I do not care. The men in charge were scared because the women were getting smart. Because like take Hidden Figures, for example, the movie Hidden Figures, the Mm -hmm. book Hidden Figures. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, the women were smart, but they were women. So how could they be smart? Well, and and they were black women at the time, which is exactly. Yeah. And well, what if it was a guy? Maybe, maybe not still because, you know, they were African-American and it was the time of segregation. But if it was a man, he would be praised. And he would be seen world-renowned, name everywhere. But it was a woman. She wasn't. She wasn't allowed to be smart. Like that's that's a woman, right? So like traditional roles, tr- traditional male female yes, roles. Yes. And so my personal belief was that the men in charge, uh, throughout all the years. I mean, we just got our first female vice president, in ever. Um, the men in charge saw that women as a threat that they would take away their power because they were getting smarter. They were reading more. They were doing their learning. They were getting education. They were doing stuff outside of the kitchen. It was unheard of. <gasps> no, you didn't just say I know. I know. You're not doing kitchen. the Get in that kitchen, woman. Right? In the kitchen. And that was the thing. They wanted to keep them at home with the kids, cooking all day, taking care of the kids all day and they were scared so when people started stepping outside of those lines and being like well I'm a man but sometimes I feel like a girl well then you have a whole other issue on your hand I'm a woman but I'm a man it's Definitely to me, the social construct of it was made in order to prevent people from stepping out of line is how, how I feel about it. How then the, the, so what about the men? If the men are separated, what, what's, what's, is that just to keep them in power and all the women not in power? Is that what uh, you're saying? Yes. Yes, um, because even if you look way back to Cleopatra and the Caesars, Cleopatra was seen as an evil woman, but she was so smart. She was so smart and that made them scared. So they started spreading that she was evil and she needed to be taken down because she was powerful. 
So even looking back, this has happened throughout all of history. They feared what they couldn't control. So when we have teenagers and adults and even kids these days being like, this isn't who I am, they've lost control. They don't like that. And I say they as in the people who are in charge or have a power complex or just the people who don't want you to step out of line. And so I feel like nowadays we're like, well, (laughs) screw your line, dude. I'm going to erase it in the sand. So I feel like that's very much my standpoint on it. That is interesting. I can, I I can see some, some points there for sure. You mentioned the assigned at birth thing. And I, I know you gave me some, some research to do. And I I looked on the Trevor project Mm -hmm. through a lot of the things and it said where a doctor assigns the birth of the child or the sex of mm-hmm. the child at birth. Yes. And that's the only thing I read in there that I was like, wait a minute, that that's given a lot of power, like godly power to yeah. a doctor. So that's where I'd, exactly. I'd have to part ways with that line of thinking. That doesn't make sense to that a doctor decides what sex that person is because nature does that or God or however you want to call it. Yeah. And so it's very much the word on your birth certificate, female, male, and even intersex is all determined by what parts you have when you come out of the womb. You're like a little like Ikea kit. What parts do you have? And when a doctor, I, I truly believe that if you take a Hippocratic oath, you have to stay truthful to diagnosis. So when they put down, this is your sex, my sex on my birth certificate says female. And that's because I was born with those parts and not everyone is born with those parts. Some, my friend, my personal friend, Apollo, he, he, congratulations to Apollo. He's getting his top surgery in like a week. Um, He was born intersex. Um, and so that means what that means that he wasn't born with a uterus. So he wasn't born with the right parts to be considered female on his birth certificate. Um, did he, did he, was he born with a penis mm -mm. or a vagina? He was born with a vagina and, but he didn't have, yeah, no uterus. So he was born intersex and I personally, well, the way I think about it is if you don't have all of the parts necessary to officially confirm you were born female at birth or you were born male at birth, then you fit into the intersex category. So So is, is is a uterus even there on a female at birth? I guess I don't know jack about (laughs) metamorphosis. Um it's there. I mean yeah, everyone, it hasn't like developed or it's already developed. Um, so it, it's it's not developed when you're born, it's not fully developed. You become uh, I don't remember a lot of it because I don't really pay attention to like feminine like medical situations. Um, but from what I remember from good old sex ed middle school, 
you are technically fully developed when you first start having your menstrual cycle, because that's when you start shedding the inner lining of your uterus. You're ready to actually host uh, an egg in your uterus and have a baby. And uh, if you're not born with that, (laughs) you're not really technically female because you don't because you don't have the reproductive pieces yeah you don't have the it's all based on what reproductive pieces do you have and so like every every female is born with a uterus and all the tools necessary they just have to develop as they get older okay yeah that's true and so for me personally, when I first, when I first like started noticing these developments in myself is when I started having that huge dissociation from my own body was because I felt like I was cursed. Why should it be happening to me? Like when what, you're having your like, periods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first like, not, it didn't help though, because when I got my first one, my mom was deployed for like three months. So I was with my dad and it was very rough to explain to him coming home from school. I started at school today. And that's when I first started seeing the huge disconnect from my own body was when I started going through these changes in my body, having my puberty hit, so to speak. And I just, I couldn't see myself going through that. And when I first started thinking about that, because I was thinking about it before I, I talked to you about the podcast, when I first started thinking about that, I realized when my mom sat me down for that talk, I was demolished. I didn't understand why I didn't like, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why it had to happen to me because I just didn't see myself having a period or going through all these changes. I didn't understand why it had to happen to me because that wasn't who I was. And so it was very rough looking back on myself as a child, sobbing over this and not realizing it sooner that maybe, maybe there's something, maybe there's something that I'm not talking to myself mentally about. You were raised Mormon. Yes, I was. So what's your what's your belief in God at this point or where where do you stand on that? Oh gosh. Um okay, so um I considered myself I am not practicing Mormon. I do not consider myself Mormon at this time. Um and I first started realizing that I didn't really fit into what they wanted from me. Um, Going to young women's every day, going to like all of my girls camp. Yep. Going to girls camp was super hard for me. Um, But I realized. That's that's because you're with a bunch of cackly girls. Yeah. That's one. I want to be around that. Um. But I started realizing closer to the end of my high school career, I had already gone to seminary for two years. I stopped going my junior year simply because I found that I wasn't 
I wasn't finding myself. I wasn't finding it necessary. And don't get me wrong. I truly believe, believe in what you wish to believe because that is what, that is what we should all have the right to do is believe what we want to believe. And I started noticing that I didn't really have that faith and that testimony anymore. And it was a very hard battle with myself because I really wanted to be what Nana, my grandma, wanted me to be. I wanted to be this young woman who would complete all her years in young women and go on to uh, go be other things and like progress in the church and truly find my testimony and go on a mission. And I just in the temple, all of it. Yeah. Get married in the temple, get sealed to my children and my husband, but I couldn't really see myself doing it. And that's when I really had to sit down with myself and be like, it was very hard because I, the first question I asked myself is what is wrong with you? Like, this is how you were raised. This is what you've known all your life. What's happening? And I don't believe I was influenced by any outside sources or anything like that, any media, any social media, anything like that. I truly believe that I just looked inside myself and said, I don't, I don't think this is me. Well, um, you were having these it, feelings before there was any social media. Yeah. And it was very hard. And I didn't know how to really address it within the church. And there weren't any, there wasn't anyone like me in the church um, who was going through this uh, or anyone that I could talk to about it. And is, is it because you just didn't know how to explain it or just didn't have friends close enough that you could open up? No, or it was, it was it very, weird to you. It was very much um, when I started having these like realizations that I was trans. I didn't, I didn't have any trans friends in the church and I was very distraught because I didn't know what else to do. Um, currently right now I am practicing pagan. Um, what does that I'm look, very... what does that look like in comparison? Oh gosh, <laughs> it's so different. Um, there is no set church and it is truly you believe in who you want to believe in and um not only am i practicing pagan but i'm also practicing i'm so sorry nana if you ever listen to this i'm so sorry <laughs> but i'm also practicing witch so i believe very fully in herbal remedies is that and... called is that another term for like wiccan Yes, Wiccan is also another term for it. Isn't your um, aunt? Do you know your yes, aunt? she is. Heather? Yes, she is. Yep. Sorry, Heather, Heather. I just outed you, but I don't think she cares. <laughs> I don't think she does. Um, time, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. But um, I fully, like, when I first moved out here, I first, I, like, bought, <laughs> I bought my first tarot deck, and I got my own incense, and I got my own sage, and, like, I started building a really firm altar to, I was still trying to figure out 
who I could confide in in terms of paganistic the, like the gods um and I so I found myself really connecting back to Viking culture I really started connecting back to Norse mythology and Norse gods and I started really like finding myself there and then I found the trans community among Wiccans and it felt so euphoric to find people who were like me and I even found some like people who used to be Mormon I I found people who used to be Mormon who are also trans who are also practicing Wiccans and pagans and it truly felt like I was finally around the people I was supposed to be with and it was very hard to come to terms with it because I I didn't know how to tell my grandmother I didn't know how to tell Nana and so I think she kind of just found out and we've never really talked about it um oh gosh I should call her (laughs) but uh it was, I will say, going back to the topic, I digress. Um, it was very hard growing up Mormon because there were a lot of feelings I was having that I knew I couldn't address without feeling like I was doing something wrong, in all honesty. Um, I mean, the first time that I even considered that I might like people of the same gender. I was told to go talk to my bishop and I was told to repent and pray. And it was very, very rough, but also it was a different time. Um, That's that's what your bishop told you? Yes. My bishop told me I was supposed to repent and pray and ask heavenly father to help me because it, it very much felt like he was telling me that I was sick. And that what I felt was wrong. And it was very hard to hear as an eight-year-old child who just got baptized. So this that, was right after you got baptized, you felt this way. Yeah. Oh. It, 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 it was very conflicting to... Yeah, to say the least. To say the least, to just been baptized and have all of these weird feelings towards... Because I still very much believed that I was a girly girl it was very weird to have all these feelings towards girls. Well, you were, yeah, I can understand. You were definitely from my perspective, a girly girl. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still love Disney things. Like, yeah, yeah that's, I will... that's not a gender specific thing. <laughs> um, but it was very hard to be in the Mormon church because I, I, I felt like I was being told I was sick, like that there was something wrong with me. And like I said, as an eight-year-old, that's a very hard thing to hear, especially to from, especially from someone who you confide so much trust in like a bishop, because well, I mean, that's your bishop. You should, you should feel trustworthy towards your bishop because I mean, he's there for a reason, right? So it was very hard to hear that coming from someone who I felt like I had a lot of trust in. 
I don't even remember his name now, but that might just be the trauma blockers in my brain. I don't know. Or just but, yeah. Yeah. It it was yeah, we it got was my, rough. Got my security system barking in the background. Oh gosh, you better go turn it off. <laughs> beep beep. Like turn them off with the clicker. Beep beep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll let, it, we'll let it roll. It's part of it's part of doing stuff at home. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. But so, most definitely. Go ahead. I I feel, oh, sorry about that. Um, most definitely, I feel like. Um, I feel like the Mormon church has definitely evolved since then. Um, specifically when the gay marriage law was passed, I remember having a member of the elders quorum come in and talk to everybody and tell us that it was okay to feel this way. And it was just, I like, I felt like I had whiplash because just a few years earlier, I was told that it was wrong and it didn't change the fact that there still were no real, I don't even remember what they call them, but like any specific things relating to trans people and what we could and could not do in the church. And it was very rough. So moving forward to now, what do you hope people will get from this or or you know maybe something i haven't asked you yet that you want people to know um something i definitely want people to know is every story is different and every story is very unique in its own way um a big thing to remember when approaching anyone in general is ask them what their pronouns are. Even if you think that it's clear as day, like, oh, that person is obviously a girl, ask them their pronouns. Um, Celebrities and social media influencers are starting to put their pronouns in their bio, um, which is very, very helpful and very comforting to the trans community to see someone speaking for always ask someone's pronouns. Um, At work, we've started putting our pronouns on our name tags. Um, That's also like sort of like a little like defiance thing towards our manager, but we'll get, he's, he's not the best person when it comes to addressing the trans community. How old is Um, he? Oh gosh, his forties. Sorry. No, (laughs) no, no. No, you're fine. Um, I think he's around his 40s and it it's very odd because we know he comes from a very accepting community. Um, never approach a trans person with malicious intent. Um, well, that, that, can I stop you there? That just goes mm-hmm. back to the, you know, the golden rule kind of thing. Treat people like you want to be treated and love your neighbor. Exactly. Yeah. You remember all those, you know, the commandments and you know, God mm-hmm. you know, Jesus didn't say fix your neighbor. He said, love your neighbor. Yes. And, and not put him in a club, not, not try to fix him, not try to save him or put him, you know, have them be your personal service project, but just to love them. And that's what, if everyone did that, no matter what club or group you belong to, then we would be a lot further along in our world. Yeah. You know, and I think we have to be patient with each other. 
Yes. Where you're talking about the pronouns and things, because that's. Yes. Like I heard somebody the other day, it was one person wanted to be called they. That was that was a weird math problem to me. Okay. 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 So help me I have something that. relating to this. I have something relating to this because I used to use they, them pronouns back when I was still figuring myself out. And I got asked this question a lot is you're not one, like you're one person. You're, you're not, not a group. One How can you claim yes. a group? Right. And it's very interesting. Again, coming from a theater kid background, they has always been used as a singular pronoun. If I was talking about someone and they weren't in the room, see, I just said it. If they weren't in the room, I would say, oh, they just went to the store because that's I'm. Yeah, that's true. I get it. I see. And yeah. And so it's always ever since like Shakespearean times, they has always been a singular pronoun. If someone says they go by they, them pronouns, the way that I asked people to remember it from me was imagine me with a little mouse friend in my pocket. And it sort of got, it got my mom spinning on the ball a little bit more with that because she would always just imagine me with a little mouse in my pocket. So it was me and my mouse friend, they. And it definitely helped establish the habit of saying so. Um, so I know all about they, them pronouns. <laughs> Um, and it's very, it is a thing of patience and some people are more patient than others. I'm very patient. I'm a Which very is patient good. Person. And I think, and I, let me, well, go ahead. I keep walking over you. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You are the ruler of the podcast. You are fine. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> this is your story. So I, I, I control the mic, but that's about it. My, my wife's aunt Rachel's uh, had a student. Um, she's an art therapist at a residential treatment center, and she had a student who came back into town after you know many years of being away from the school. And he's trans, mm -hmm. and we had a good talk about you know you know the pronouns and what to call people, what to, what do you want people to call him. And I was just like, you, I hope you understand that you have to be patient with people because this is kind of new in mm -hmm. terms of, and, and maybe it's not new, but in my world, it's very new. And so I think the patience has to come both ways and because people are going to screw it up and they're going to call you, if they see you and you look like a female and you sound like a female, they're going to call you ma'am or she or something, you know, they're just going to naturally do that just because it's ingrained in people. Mm -hmm. So I think there has to be definitely patience on, on both sides for sure. Ex yes. I, I don't I know. That's, and again, that's why I'm having you on here. And I've probably offended 17 people already by just, not oh. <laughs> but that's where I, that's where I'm at. And that's where I have to go from. Yeah. And I, as someone who is part of the community, I definitely think that people could use a lot more patience, um, especially since, you know, I'm growing up into a family where Nana is one of my biggest inspirations, one of the people I look up to the most. Um, but she has gotten the hang of it so well when referring to me, because I do think that you can teach an old dog new tricks. Of course you can. However, an old dog learning new tricks needs patience. And as long as personally for me, as long as you are realizing and you are trying to catch yourself 
oh, fire alarm's going off. It just does that sometimes. Ignore it. Um, yeah, I have my dog. You have your fire alarm. <laughs> it's broken. It's whatever. It's it's Thornton Apartments. Um, yeah. <laughs> but definitely, if you find yourself catching yourself when you're saying someone's pronouns, um, and this definitely came up when I was visiting Virginia back in September, um, I brought my friend Rob with me, who is also my roommate. They use they, them pronouns. And my family was really good about it because I used they, them pronouns when I lived there. Um, but they sat down and had a conversation with my mom and shout out to my mom for literally being like, like my go-to and my lifeline in everything. She sat down and talked with Rob and just kind of the conversation like went along the lines of I just wanted to make sure that I'm doing okay with Sky's pronouns and his name I'm really trying and it was very very heartwarming to hear this story from Rob that my mom was definitely trying because I definitely could tell she was trying her hardest and that's the thing is there's a difference between saying you're trying and actually trying the people who say they're trying and, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I just forget sometimes, but then they keep doing it, they're not showing any progress of trying to be a supportive person in your life. It's the people who catch themselves and really, truthfully, if they want to accept you and who you are, they'll try. I mean, it, it goes with any situation. If you want to accept someone for who they are, you'll try. And if you're not willing to put in the effort, then it's very hard to not go without a conversation, sitting down and being like, hey, like sometimes we all need a reminder, right? Like we all need a little bit of a reminder, especially if we've known something one way for so long. Yeah. Like that's definitely how it was with Nana and Libby and she, her and it's and Libby, for those who don't know, Libby was your nickname. You were born yes, it was my yes, which is my dead name because that I have dead name. So that's you hate Ooh, that yes. or um so dead name just because it's like gone. So the reason that it's called a dead name is because you have essentially killed that part of yourself, and you have moved on as a person and you're finding who you are truly meant to be so I'm perfectly comfortable sharing this my dead name is Elizabeth Elizabeth Georgia Pratt my new name and I won't say preferred because pronouns should never be preferred and names should never be preferred it should just be accepted that that is who you are and it, it's it okay so my name my chosen name is sky aster butler butler being the last name of my fiance okay um and we're probably going to change that as well because he doesn't particularly like his last name um and that's simply because of stuff that's happened in his life which is not my story to share but Great. i digress um so dead name is very much you are splitting away from that part of yourself that you never truly had um 
And it was very hard for my uncle, my uncle Josh. Um, it was a very long conversation that we had to have. And it was very emotional because it was happening at a family gathering and it was very high tension in the room at the time. Um, but it, we had to explain that a name and even like some of the other adults in the family, it wasn't just like, oh, us crazy kids stand up for ourselves or whatever. It was some of the adults in the family agreed. A name is basically a gift. And with gifts, you're allowed to return them. It doesn't mean that you don't accept or want the gift or you didn't like the gift while you had it. It just isn't the gift that you want. And I fully agree with that, is that a name is a gift. You don't choose your name at birth. Like you don't get a say in it. So it's, it's a gift. It is giving you your name. And I truly believe that if it's not what you want, you're allowed to give it back and you can still be thankful for the gift while you have it, but you don't necessarily have to have it forever. Did you legally change your name then? I have not legally changed my name quite yet, um, mainly because we're waiting for um, Silas and I to get officially married to gotcha. change my name fully. Um, he started going through the name change process, which I'm, I'm so proud of him for. Um, he just passed a year on his transition and I'm so proud of him because he truly has given me the strength to find who I am. And I thank him for a lot of that. And then for the sake of people listening, he is a he or is it a she that's transitioning to a he? So uh, Silas, yes. Silas is my, my partner who is transitioning female to male. To male. Okay. Well, you mentioned, you know, your grandma coming, coming around and your mom coming around and your, and your, your uncle having that discussion. But my basic premise is, your character is what really defined you, not who you sleep with or what you identify with, but your character, how you treat people like Martin Luther King said in his famous speech, you know, who judge by the content of your character. So all these people that know you, you, and, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as you look back, your general character, is it about the same as it has been your whole life or are you a completely, totally different person? I think that I am a completely, totally different person in the aspect of I have found a lot of self-growth. Um, and if I were to tell four-year-old me that I am the way I am now, I don't think I would have believed me. Um, and that is simply to say that everything that I've been through, not only like what I identify with or who I sleep with, like you said, I definitely never saw myself getting this far, but it's the people in my life who have shaped me the way I am. And I definitely think that I am changed for the better. Um, I 
finally found the courage to stand up for myself in a lot of situations and found the strength and found my own voice. And I definitely think that I would be proud of me if I was little, little itty bitty Libby running around the neighborhood. I think that I would be proud of me. And I think that I would look up to me. Fair enough. What, and I may have asked you this before, what, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think? Um, oh, you know, here it is. How far are you taking the transition? Um, what will be complete for you? And, and then I have a, the, the hormone therapy is that, let's say just for the sake of argument, 10 years down the road, you're like, yeah, I don't think that was a good idea. Is that reversible or is that a one way? I mean, that's it. Um, back from that. So that- HRT hormone reconstructive therapy is a very, very long process. They usually want you to live as your transitioning gender. So I would be living as a male. They usually want you to be living like that for a year. And I have, I've been living like that for more than a year. Um, and they always want you to seek therapy. They don't think that it's something wrong with your brain or that there's something to be fixed. They just want to make sure that it's the decision for you. Make sure you know what and, you're doing. Cause this is, yeah. it is a very serious thing that could. Yes. Have yes. Implications. I, I had to have this conversation with, um, my dad's wife. I had to explain to her this exact situation. I plan on starting testosterone by the end of the year. Um, And hormones can come in very different ways. Um, For male to female, it comes in the form of estrogen, um, which is, you know, the the female production hormone in your body. Mm -hmm. And which is crazy because this is, this is a little bit off topic. Uh, there is no such thing as off topic. <laughs> um, women have been taking hormone pills for years. Like we take, like they take birth control. Birth control is, messes up your hormones. It's, yeah. It's a hormone pill. So it's absolutely insane to me that we can easily get birth control but it is extremely difficult to get estrogen and testosterone. Now, excuse me, testosterone comes in either you can do injections, you can do a gel, you can do a pill. The fastest and easiest way to do it is an injection. It's at home. You can go to a doctor if you want to, but it's an at-home injection. Silas takes them every week. You take them weekly um, and you can stop testosterone. You can stop testosterone and the effects will basically have worn themselves off in about six months because it's a recurrent thing. It's like, it's like taking ADHD meds. I take, I took ADHD meds. I'm off them now, but that's, that's because I'm broke. Um, but I took ADHD meds for years. And as soon as I stopped taking them, the effects started to slowly wear off. It's like stopping a medication and you slowly have to wait, work your way back up to the dosage. You can stop testosterone. 
Um, the part that is irreversible is if you get top surgery or, or chest reconstructive surgery, which I do plan on getting just because I was born into a body that decided that it was going to grow <laughs> to say the least it was going to grow. And that is where one of my biggest disconnects come from is seeing my chest. I, it's very hard for me to wear a binder because my chest is so large. And so it's very much, even if I didn't get my chest completely reconstructed, I would at least want it somewhat reconstructed, you know, because that's a thing that you can do too. And it's so much harder to get it as a trans male than as a rich white celebrity. <laughs> like Plastic surgery. Exactly. It's, it's basic. Or like if you have breast cancer, you can easily get that done. I mean, it's not, it's not easy, Yeah, but, but it's, it's basically the same concept. It's removing the fat tissue from the breasts. Right. And I definitely see myself getting that done because I don't plan on breastfeeding or I'm not having children. I'm not going to be the one that carries my children, which Silas is, and we have decided that Silas will carry our, our children. And that is a very easy thing to do because like I said, you stop your medication, you have to go back up to the dosage, but the effects will wear off. It so, is Go on. Well, I'm, you're saying he's going to carry for you biologically yeah. female. Yes. So, so that's how that yeah. happens. But what, so why is he taking, if he's planning to carry, shouldn't he stop all of that? So he can be like purely you, female to carry. You don't have to be. There are many, many stories of trans men being pregnant and it's very interesting. Um, the basis of it is you have to be off testosterone for six months or longer. Um, and we don't plan on having kids soon. So we're not quite worried about it right now. You're he a kid. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. Hey, wait, wait a second. I turned 20 this year. Are you serious? You're 20 already? Yeah. <laughs> Lord, what happened? I thought I you, were, I thought you were the same age as my Emily. Who's just barely 19. Nope. I am turning 20 this yeah. year in September. Um, but we just kind of, we fell in love and it was very, Silas and I, it's very funny to me, Silas and I, when we first started dating, we didn't tell each other this. We always said that we hated the idea of having children, but both of us wanted children. We just thought that the other person didn't want to have children. So we were going through this, like, slapstick comedy miscommunication thing and then he finally texted me I was at work when he texted me and the first thing I see on my phone is I want to start a family with you and I have never taken a tent faster in my life um but to go back to the topic there's lots of stories about trans men um being pregnant and giving successful birth um 
Silas does plan on getting top surgery. So do I. Uh, and that doesn't defeat the fact that it's still possible. He still has all of the, the stuff necessary to do so. Um, it's just those chemicals and those hormones need to be out of his body. But again, it goes back to the stopping a medication, the effects wear off. So it was very scary when, uh, I think it was this past month. Yeah, this past month, he had run out of testosterone vials for injections. And there was this whole wild goose chase of where is it? Because it kept getting sent to different pharmacies and the doctors didn't know where it was. And finally we found it. And just watching, I like to sit in the room when Silas does anything. I am very much, I have to be by your side. Please pay attention to me. Um, Which I don't know how he finds it endearing, but I digress. Um, So it was very, it was almost like heartwarming, I guess, to watch him do his first injection for the first time in weeks because it just, I watched the gender euphoria swim through him. And it was definitely something that I want. I, I know that it's going to be hard because obviously you're injecting straight testosterone into your body you inject it straight into your leg or your arm and it goes through your muscles and absorbs into the muscles and it's testosterone. So it's puberty too. You're going through puberty again, but this time you get all the fun things that come with it. The anger, (laughs) the random bouts of being hungry. You turn into a bottomless pit. You want to eat everything, but nothing that you used to love eating. Um, And it's, it's going through puberty again, which I definitely had to understand because I, at first, I definitely had my myself convinced that I just wanted to transition because I wanted to, I knew it wasn't the case, but I definitely felt for a while that I wanted to transition because all my friends were transitioning. And I found that wasn't the case simply because I was like, well, I don't feel the same as them though. This is, this is different. This is my own self. I'm not them. And it was definitely something that I had to rack my brain about. And definitely something that I talked to multiple therapists about was, is this the right choice for me? And it was so, again, the gender euphoria of realizing this is truly what I wanted. And knowing that once you get to a certain point in your transition, there is no going back really. But that is what I was the most scared of. But as a trans person who has had all of these wonderful experiences and gone through so much even though most of the time it's been the harassment I definitely see myself transitioning and it took many many years to realize that well thank you for sharing all of that That, of course thank you for having me my you wrinkled my brain a little (laughs) 
just because I got it. It's just getting my head around that, but mm-hmm. it's been it's been quite informative. Of and, course. Um, I think someone's going to get some value out of it for sure. So I I, I hope really so. Appreciate you sharing that because again, probably not easy. Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, we're just in it's just the world that we're in, just the reality of what we're living in. But you know, people are going to love you for you, for your character, for how you treat people versus, you know, whether you're going through this or not. I think that's where I think what makes you really you is, you know, your, your character and how you treat people. Um, Cause in, in the end, it's just, you know, being kind, kindness, kindness matters. Yeah. And And it's, you know, when people don't understand things, we get scared sometimes and we sometimes do dumb things. And sometimes the media picks up on those dumb things and makes it, you know, bigger than it is. But so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for this having is, me. This has been fun to chat with you. It's been a long time. Like I say, it's been yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Since we've talked. Yeah, most definitely. It was, it was great being here. Thank you so much for having me and let me share my story. Well, maybe we can have a, a follow-up somewhere down the road. Yeah, as you yeah, most definitely. This, yeah, and then you could, you know, are you, are you journaling about this by any chance? I am currently not journaling about it, um, but I should. <laughs> or or get a podcast. I don't know something. Just that would get be interesting just to hear <gasps> as you're going through this. Just some of your thoughts, especially you know Silas as well, since he's going through, you know, the therapy. Be interesting mm-hmm. to hear, you know, what kind of thoughts he's having or how it's affecting him or how it's affecting you, you know, both of you together. That would be fascinating just to keep it kind of a log of, hey, on this day, this is, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's just my, yeah. my mind going there. But <laughs> so awesome. Well, Sky, thank you so much. Of and, course. Uh, we will be in touch. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.